podcast. I am your host, Nakia Hines, and I deeply believe that we reach authentic healing through intentionality and candid conversations. I am so excited for you to hear today's episode, but even more excited that you are here with me on this journey to self-actualization. Let's get right into it. It's already a new month. It's already a new month. I know y'all get tired of me saying it or you might be like, wow, it really is already a new month. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Anyway, happy Monday, bloomers. This week brings us freshness. It brings us great energy. And with that energy, I would like to start a brand new two-part series on the podcast. And it's all about friends. What about your friends? Hey, and cut. (laughs) Really though, as you can probably tell, this topic refreshes me and it blesses me in so many ways. And you're probably thinking, Nikia, this is a podcast about healing and self-actualization. What does that topic have to do with friendship? Well, I thought you'd never ask, friend. If you can't recall, I have shared a few times that healing, of course, is our work, but healing is also really, really, really tied to the community that surrounds us. Communal healing, collective care is a part of our own individual healing journeys. And The quality of people, now I'm not talking about good person, bad person. I'm talking about the quality of connections that we have can either strengthen our healing journey or it can really distract us from our healing journey and drain us and make it harder for us to actually focus on our healing journey. So with all that said, today I really want us to focus on the intentionality of our friendships. So keep that in your mind. I want you to start reflecting on the people that you call friends and let's get into it. All right, I'm going back to the word for this one. So in the Bible, friends, turn with me, I'm just kidding, but for reference, In Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 45, and then 56, that chronicles the story of Elizabeth, who's the mother of the prophet John, and Mary, who's the mother of Jesus, and their individual miraculous conceptions. So if you need to take a moment and open up your Bible app to refresh your memory on what went down, I encourage you to do so right now. Um, Basically, in short, we, we know the story of Jesus. Mary ain't had no baby daddy because her baby daddy was the Lord. And she had a big cousin. She went to go tell her cousin about the miracle that happened. And come to find out her cousin Elizabeth was also pregnant by a miracle. Now, she did have a baby daddy. But it was the womb was closed for a long time. So basically, they both had miracles. And their miracles manifested in pregnancy. Okay? All right. Now, the part I really want us to focus on is the moment when baby John leapt in Elizabeth's womb as soon as Mary pulled up. Now, so as I was just doing this summary, when Mary came and pulled up on her cousin, John started jumping and basically getting very hype in her womb because he, I guess, could sense the miracle that was approaching him. Come on, somebody. That wasn't even where we were going. But hey, may you sense a miracle coming this week. 
May we realize that God has something good. And when it comes near us, I hope that our womb leaps for joy. But anyway, um, yeah, so when Mary pulled up, John was like, cousin? <laughs> and he was just hyped because he, he probably felt the, the glory of Jesus, even though Jesus hadn't even been born yet. And that's something else that I'm, girl, wait a minute, wait a minute, because wow. The story is, uh, the, 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 you see how I'm struggling here? The lens of the story today is supposed to be on friendship. But as I speak through it, somebody, mm, 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 there are so many undertones that just remind us of how good God is. Let me talk about the fact that John felt Jesus Jesus wasn't even born yet. And you know he didn't go into ministry until he was 33. But before he was born, you know God knows us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. But let me talk about an unborn baby recognizing and starting to praise and worship a Savior who wasn't even born yet. That's the type of friends you need to have around you, not people who worship you and, and no, never that. You need to have people who see the gift in you before your gift is ever even actualized. Child, please. Now, I was talking about Mary and Elizabeth, but clearly John and Jesus said, no, 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 you're going to mention us too, okay? But talk about healthy, godly friendships. The purpose placed within those two women and the connection between like, you know, the, the rejoicing just from the mere presence of the miracles. Like when Elizabeth and, and Mary came together to have some girl talk and they were talking about their miracles, there was no jealousy or strife because Elizabeth was whole, healthy and minding her own God-given business. She was able to be in the position for embracing and celebrating what God was doing in her cousin or her friend's life. Now, there's no shade at all, but the true tea is that we're supposed to be growing together. If you are unable to see somebody accelerate, do well, be happy, be healthy, be healed, and it's because of your own brokenness, there is no reason why you should expect that person to stay connected to you. Because even though we talk about unconditional love, there are conditions in which our commitment is placed upon. Like I can love you from afar. I can love you all day. But what you're not going to do is drain me. You're not going to take me down. You're not going to tear me down, baby. I will love you and root for you and pray for you and never talk to you again. Because if we're really responsible to our healing, we can't allow ourselves to just be out here getting whooped and toe up and heartbroken by our friends because we just really want to show them that we're ride or die. No, we are ride or live. How about that? We're riding or we're living. We can do both. That's it. Okay, but anyway, back to that story. The truth of the matter is that both of these women were pregnant with purpose individually and because of their own obedience to God's call on their life, they were able to pour into each other. They didn't have to waste time being ashamed or afraid of their gift because they both experienced God's goodness for themselves. That's something that we should talk about because we shrink for acceptance we shrink because other people and i don't mean this with harm i swear it feels like i'm coming out the gate maybe it was my little energy drink but and it wasn't a celsius <laughs> but why do we 
Like, I just, I think about teenage, young 20 me, young 20 year old me, and how deeply I felt embarrassed of the gifts God gave me because of the reactions of people who just weren't accepting of their own gifts or their own level of freedom that God was calling them to. It, but it sounds so ridiculous to be like, oh, I have to shrink to make myself small so that other people can feel comfortable. And as ridiculous as it sounds, we do it all the time. Let's rebuke that today, please. These women were purposed with the task of creating legacy. So they looked beyond themselves. They knew that they both had a role to play. They knew that they both had a moment to shine and that they were stronger together. So as we know, John led the way for Jesus. And then, of course, both men were able to fulfill their own assignments as they walked in accordance to God's plan. But I wonder how that legacy would have been affected if the friendship between Mary and Elizabeth wasn't healthy. Elizabeth waited a long time for God to open her room. Now, all the moms and the labor and delivery professionals will know what I mean when I say this was a true geriatric pregnancy, right? On the, on the contrary, Mary was actually super young. She was giving teen mom when God performed the immaculate conception within her. So what if Elizabeth saw Mary in her youth pregnant with her miracle baby and allowed envy to creep in her heart because of how long she herself had to wait? How would Mary feel about trying to navigate in that situation? Would their sons even still be in alignment? And then where would that leave us like all these years later, right? Oh gosh, I, it's going to be hard for me to stay on track because, you know, I prepare for you all because I'm not going to come to you all willy nilly and not know what we're talking about. But sometimes it does not matter what the preparation is because when God wants you to know something, he will really just change the game up and make you see things in new ways. But I'm just talking this through so I can calm my spirit down so we can get through this. But I just think that is so beautiful. Because when you think about it, we think about friendships as like, you know, fun, haha, let's go to brunch, et cetera, et cetera. But the way we do life and who we do life with definitely spills out, pours on to our households and especially our children. If we're partnered, yes, your partner is in your circle. They better be. But you cannot rely on your partner to be everything to you. Like your village is so necessary. And I just love the concept of having people around you that have purpose within themselves first, because then you're setting the normal. Like you all already understand we're on assignment. We are purpose driven and filled and we are striving for excellence. You don't have to like, you know, hide parts of yourself or dumb yourself down, water yourself down. You just get to show up in your greatness and have somebody else do it. And then y'all get to bloom and flourish together. Now, listen, I know you may not have come here today expecting Bible History 101, <laughs> but I truly hope you understand where I'm going here, y'all. Godly friendships are so much bigger than us. As friends, of course, we may not always be physically pregnant at the same time, but 
Listen, when we are operating in obedience to our Heavenly Father, we will absolutely be pregnant with purpose, and we need to understand how our behavior creates or derails the legacy meant to be born out of the unions that we have with the people in our lives. Now, I completely understand that for some people, it is hard to see your besties get married, have babies, go back to school, et cetera, et cetera, before you've entered those seasons. But sis, you have to know that envy robs you of the powerful purpose God has already placed within you. I was listening to something recently and it was talking about the difference between envy and jealousy. And actually folks are trying to by folks, I mean like therapists, psychologists, etc. They're they're having the conversation about how jealousy is not ne- necessarily a negative thing. Let me slow down before I start to tap dance all over my words. Jealousy is not necessarily a negative thing. It is like this highlighter, this magnifying glass to show you that there's something that someone else has that you want for yourself. And so then you start to aspire to that thing so that you can too have whatever it is that you are quote unquote jealous of. Envy is when you are jealous, but then you also feel like, oh, I need to live their lives. And I need to basically, if you could crawl into their skin, like you start to be obsessed with the person and you start feeling negative feelings and you start being resentful. All of those things are not cool and they do not belong in friendship. But they happen when you're not already set with like where God has you where you, and you're not believing that God will do the same thing. Like if I see my friend and this is real, I have a new friend, a new associate because we're just getting um, to know each other. So we can't be throwing out the word friend lightly, but she's very cool. And her and her husband own a boat. And I was like, wow. And at first I was like, oh, Wow. That's sad. I'm behind. I should be owning a boat. And then I said, girl, we're not doing that. So I reached out to her. I was like, sis, teach me your ways. And she put me on. So like, that's what happens when you allow yourself to have full alignment with who you are and who God made you to be. You can feel okay with accepting and celebrating the gift that's within somebody else. Okay. Envy makes you forget about the ways that God has already blessed you and it forces your perspective to shift from legacy to lack. It ain't worth it. It is just not worth it. Let me just stop you there. It's not worth it to be out here like in your feelings because all you're going to, your friend is, if your friend is wise enough, they're going to peep game too. And they're going to be like, girl, I ain't get, I'm sorry. I love you, but I don't have time for that. Like, what? We're not, no. Mm -mm. Let's aspire to be the type of friend who gives as much as she receives. Let's be so focused on what God is doing in our own lives that our overflow of gratitude manifests as support and love for the ones around us. This is a potluck, okay? We are all bringing something to eat to the table of friendship. One of my pastors um, at my church recently shared this incredible word, Well, it was not that recent. It was kind of like last year, but anyway, (laughs) but it was on the type of people we need in our lives. And it was so refreshing to hear it in process. In my own follow-up to her message, these were the questions I realized that I needed to revisit myself. So here you, you already know I'm going one, two, three, right? Cause we've been, we've been moving out of just intellectualizing to really putting this into work. Number one, friend, 
how intentional have you been about cultivating your circle? Especially your, my mentor says, she says um, that our people around us should be our iron circles because iron sharpens iron. But how intentional are we about actually cultivating that circle, you know, putting ourselves out there to build the relationships, praying for those people, making sure that God knows our hearts and our desires to have that iron circle? Mm, right? Ooh. And then number two, does everyone serve a purpose in your friend group or are they there just because they've always been there? Are you learning from your friends? Are they learning from you? So as you reflect on those questions, I encourage you to take some time, of course, to write them down, yes, with pen and paper, and then answer them. And then I want you to write down each person you currently call a friend. Genuinely ask yourself those questions about each and every one of those people. Is everyone on your list friends from childhood or decades ago? Do you have a mentor on that list? Do you have a mentee on that list? As I've been doing this work in my own life, I found it helpful to list out each person, just as I mentioned, and then identify if our friendship fell under a tier one, tier two, or tier three category. The qualifiers for these tiers are completely subjective to what works for me and my own friendship, but feel free to use them as a starting ground and modify as needed. Okay, so here are my friendship tiers. Tier one, this is like my top-notch group of friends. So what sets them apart from the other tiers is that they are people I can call on for prayer, people who I share intimate details about life with no question, people who I go to for sound advice and can truly talk to about how I'm feeling in regards to my mental and emotional health, marriage and parenting moments, and are truly more like a God-given family. So decades of friendship might be present within this tier, but quality is what matters most with these friends. Tier two is a group of, like a mixed group of newer blossoming friendships and friends who are long distance that just understand that this whole like adulting, parenting thing is a beast <laughs> and respect that we can't stay in touch or get together as much as we'd like. So no matter how much time has passed, though, a beat is never missed when I link up with these friends. They are fun to be around and provide a great outlook on life when we chat or meet up every once in a while. And then we have our tier threes. So these are my friends who I may have known for quite some time. And though we don't really share an intimate connection for whatever reason any longer, we still keep in touch on social media or through text, etc. There's a reciprocal distance in our friendship. But there's also a reciprocity in the understanding that no love has been lost. We've just grown apart. And instead of me attempting to maintain the friendship and feeling like the effort is one-sided, I've adjusted my own expectations of them and I root for them kind of like afar. To be honest, every friend is not going to be able to fall under tier one. Like that's that Elizabeth and Mary top-notch friendship and that's completely okay. It does not mean you have to cut them off. What you can do instead is adjust your expectations and your access within that friendship. For example, say I have a homegirl who I've known for decades and she's been a great friend, but she's not necessarily somebody I would go to for prayer or guidance, etc. I would consider that friendship tier three and keep it healthy by having realistic expectations and healthy boundaries. 
I'm only going to be frustrated and start to feel resentment for her if I'm expecting something from her that she's clearly proven that she can't offer. I always find it helpful to know this too, back to the Bible, that Jesus had 72 disciples. So that's his tier three. 12 of them traveled and did life with him. That's his tier two. But only three of the mugs went up to the cross with him. That's his tier one. It's so important to be intentional about our friendships and to only expect what we're also willing to offer. So as we wrap up this week, oh, another thing I want to share is that I was listening to another podcast that my Soros host and they were interviewing someone and I feel so bad because I forgot the lady's name, but she talked about the fact that we cannot make the mistake of confusing good friends with good company. And so our good friends would be the people that are actually our friends, but good company are people like maybe your coworkers or people you vibe with, but you don't really have a deep connection with. Don't expect from these people what you would expect from people who you are tier one friends with. Of course, I don't have nobody saved in my in my phone like as this is such and such and she's tier one. This is such and such and he's tier two. Like obviously I don't do that, but the type a person i am like it helps me categorize things so that i can remember like hey nikia you already know what it is right here don't allow yourself to get mad because this person isn't showing up or this person is flaky or this person is you know whatever and by flaky i mean like you know we're cool one day we're not cool the next day that really in my opinion friend that's not a real friend that's an associate that might be good company but that's one pet peeve i cannot handle like if i call you a friend i have to know that you're really like it has to be mutual i can't be out here thinking you're a tier 1 for me but in your mind i'm tier 3 like we have to it has to be clear that we're locked in and loaded and that we have a mutual respect for each other because You know, what I've learned about this generation or these days is just that people, because of their own brokenness and their levels of, you know, healing or lack thereof, they do not really value relationships and connections, platonic or romantic. Like people will cut somebody off in a second. And it's like, we've been rocking and rolling for 12 years and this is what we're doing. So you have to make sure you're also in alignment. Like, is the if is this person your bestie or like are y'all both besties? Like you have to understand that sometimes we do have like these high expectations on people and really we like them so much, but they really don't they don't really like us that much. <laughs> I have to say it, especially for my people who are like 20 something, because this is some first of all, I think people go through this all, you know, maybe up until their 40s, but This is something that's really prevalent in our early adulthood when we're trying to figure out our friendships. And then it's like, oh, they were a fake friend. All these things, like, understand that there are just different levels to it. If you feel like someone is your bestie, just make sure. And you don't have to ask, like, hey, are we besties? But you can just tell by people's actions and the way that they show up if it's mutual or if it's a little bit imbalanced. All right. Well, The question that I want you to think about until we come back to part two next week is, have you reviewed your circle of friends lately? And then if not, answer those questions that we shared. So like who's on that friends list and then which tier do do they fall in and how intentional are you being about cultivating that relationship? I appreciate you always. Thank you for listening. Okay, bye.